Matthew chapter 5, and we'll be starting in verse 13. Matthew 5, 13. He says, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. It gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This is the, the, the second uh, paragraph or, or portion of what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. Remember, Jesus had begun his ministry and, and he had, uh, had, had, had gone into to, to Galilee and he was, he was teaching there. He was, uh, he was calling disciples. He was uh, traveling around, uh, performing miracles, healing the sick and, and, and the afflicted. And that, that crowds, it said in, at the end of chapter 4, great crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, beyond the Jordan, they were, they were all following him. And, and he, he, he saw the crowd when they went up on the, the hillside, the side of the mountain, he sat down and he began to teach his disciples. And the, it said the first thing that he, that he taught them, the first thing that he, he gave them was, was that list of blessed are blank, blank, blank. And it, the, the, the Beatitudes, um, if we, if we want to maybe, maybe simplify it, break it down, those were the Beatitudes, things that a disciple will be. They, they were, uh, they were a, a description of the character of a believer, a description of those you're blessed coming from the same word as, as happy, you know, the ones who are truly happy, and many, many scholars say uh, it, it, it almost means the sense of congratulations to the one. You know, you are truly happy if you realize you are poor in spirit. If you mourn for your sin and the sins of your, of your brothers and sisters, the sins of the whole world, you're, you're, you're truly happy, you're blessed, you're, you're to be congratulated if you're, if you're meek, if you're humble, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, they're the beatitudes. Today we're going to move into the do attitudes, the, the things that one who is, is a, a, a believer actually does. Verses 3 through 12, the, the beatitudes are what we are. Verses 13 through 16 are things that what we must do. And, and, and what does he say? He begins by saying, you are salt and light. Who is the you? It's, it's those people who, who Jesus was speaking to. But I think it's also, it extends through the ages and it includes us. But who were the people that he was, he was speaking to? Where was he when, when he spoke these words? He's in, in Galilee 
up in the, 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 the northern part of Galilee, near the Sea uh, of, of, uh, of Galilee. Multitudes were coming to him from all over, from, from, from Judea, from the Decapolis, which is across the, the Jordan, from Perea, which is across the Jordan, from Jerusalem, from Judea. But it's, I, I think we, we, we need to consider these are common people, many of whom are disciples, but it's not, he is not in the, at the um, seminary in Jerusalem. He, he, he is not in this great Jewish school of the leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the elders of, of the Jews. He's out there with common people, many of the, the, of the disciples at this time, the, those closest ones that he called, were fishermen. He's not speaking to this, this elite crowd. He's speaking to common people and, and, and look what he says to them. So it's a message not only to them, but, but to us. This is for the all Christians, not this super Christian, not this extraordinary Christian, not pastors, not seminary professors. This is, is these are instructions of who you are, how, what you're supposed to do and, and be to, to all Christians. And he, and he basically tells them two things. You are salt and light. And you may have even seen, I saw a, a lady with a T-shirt on that just this past week. It said, be salt and light. And, and we see that's a familiar passage. We, 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 know, what, what we're, we know where that comes from, but, but what does it mean? What was salt? He says, you are the salt of the earth. And, it's, and it, I think there's several ways of, of, of breaking this down, you could go, you, and it's the people he's talking to, the common people, those disciples, you know, are the salt of the earth. But let's, let's, let's take it from the backwards to the forwards of the earth. Salt. Put them together. Salt was for what? Seasoning. What else? A, a preservative. So you're the preservative for the earth. What does that imply? What does... It tells us about the earth that the earth is in decay. The earth, as far as people, they, the, the, the earth is in, 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 in decay. It is, it is going bad. The function of the believer is, is to be a, a preservative for the, to, to cover the rottenness of the world. The, 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 the world is, is rotting, the sin. No matter what we think, D. Martin Lloyd-Jones has, has a book on, it's, it's really a series of sermons on the Beatitudes. And I, and I think there are 30 of these sermons that he, you know, how he divided up these three uh, chapters, 30 sermons on the Beatitudes that, that he preached. It was the book, the first edition was uh, in 1959. It just so happens that's the year I was born. And, it, and it's amazing. You, you'll be reading something and maybe not even thinking about when was this written. And, 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 he, and he begins to talk about the, the pleasure mania that's going on at the time. Okay, 63 years ago. 
I mean, we, we think of the 50s, even the early 60s as, as like the good old days. Things were a lot better. But he says, consider just the, the, the predictions that, that leaders, that politicians, that philosophers gave at the end of the 19th century, the end of the, uh, of the 1800s, going into the 1900s, that they, saw, they all saw this... this uh, uh, utopia coming in, this this great society. We've we've learned so much. You know, we learned a lot in the in the Renaissance of the 15th and 16th century. We we even got smarter and 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 and, and learned more in the Enlightenment period, the 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 late 18th century and, and 19th century. And so when we go into the 20th century, it is going to be e- even greater. We are moving toward this this utopia. And, and there, almost 60 years after the turn of the, of the 20th century, D. Lloyd-Jones says, look at what has already happened. I don't think he, he used the word already. Look at what has happened in the 20th century. You had the, the World War I. You had the rise of, of communism, the Bolshevik Revolution. You had World War II. You had China becoming... A, a communist nation and all these things. It's like we are we are still in the same state of rottenness if man is going to try to solve man's own problems. So he's telling these believers, you are the means to preserve that. You are the salt of the earth. Is it? Is it? Those people themselves, no, it's the message, it's the truth that they have learned about God through through Jesus Christ. And he says, and then he he begins to um, sort of use a logical argument. This is Jesus speaking, even even to the sense of, of that it's contradictory. Salt cannot be anything but salt. You know, and, 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 and some scholars will focus on that and, and give you the, uh, what is it, sodium chloride, chlorine, whatever, you know, and give you the breakdown of so many molecules of, of sodium, so many of, that it, any change, and it's not salt. And he's saying that, that salt can only be salt. And it's used to preserve, but it's also used to flavor as a, as a, a, a you know, an old word is, is to make it savory, And so that how then is a disciple to make the world savory? Without the salt, without the gospel, life is meaningless. It is is futile. It, It is mundane. But once the gospel is shared and somebody believes it, it becomes the salt that gives meaning and flavor and fullness to life. I mean, in the, 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 the hospital food that mom has been eating, she's like, it just doesn't have any taste, you know? And, and there's some, uh, you know, sometimes you get, you, you pick up the wrong can of, you know, soup or beans or something and you didn't see... Maybe you're supposed to get this can, but you didn't see where it said no salt added, you know, and you do it and you think it's always been okay. 
and then you you know you you taste it and it's like oh, well that is like cardboard and then you go find the can in the trash can oh I got the no salt added and maybe your doctor told you to get the no salt added but but so, life is like that to a non-believer. Martin Lloyd Jones said that the the pleasure mania. And this was in 1959 when, when, he, when he used that phrase. The pleasure mania of our society is that we're always looking for more entertainment and, and, and fulfillment, but we're not finding it. Think about how much more that is today than 63 years ago. I mean, I don't even know, and I know a lot of you remember this, but, but my parents didn't have a TV the, the week I was born. I mean, there were TVs, but it was like buying a house. I mean, they were expensive. And, and then, you know, you finally get a, a black and white TV. And then, then they came out with color TV. You know, and think, just think of all of the things that have, have been invented from, you know, the middle of the 20th century until now. And, and, and just the things we seek for pleasure, for fulfillment. For, for fullness in our lives, this pleasure mania, you know, cubed to the, to the third power that it's even, even greater today. We, we, we walk around constantly with, with a, a smartphone or some other device looking for things to, you know, well, I, I got to find out. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's sports. Okay, the major league lockout was ended. Okay, now we can, you know, we can get to what spring's supposed to be, baseball. And just our, our society looking for, through various means, various sources, places for fullness and fulfillment. And Jesus is telling the disciples, you are the ones that hold this truth that can, that can preserve the earth, be a, be a preservative, it's not themselves, it's, it's the gospel that they know and have believed and that you are the ones that can give them the things that they will, that will flavor their lives, that will give their lives a, a fullness. And it's, and it's almost like you can't be anything but that. Salt can only be salt. And he says, if it's no good for anything, then it's, you just throw it on the ground and, and you just, then, then people just walk on it. That it's, that it's inconceivable that salt can be anything other than salt. And, and he says, that's what you are. He's teaching his disciples, that those original disciples, those in, in, in the first century, and he's saying, this is your function, this is your purpose, is to, to be a preservative and to be something that, that, that savors, that gives flavor to the, the, the people's lives. Then he moves on to, a, to another metaphor. And both of these are they're so simple that they're profound. The, the, he says, you are the light of the world. You know, just as salt flavors... And, 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 and preserves, you are the light of the world. So if the world doesn't have its own light, then what does that tell us about the world? It's dark. The world is in darkness. Remember when at, in, in chapter 4, when it talked about 
when, when Matthew quotes from Isaiah 9 about the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. Jesus is the light of, of, of the world, but because of him, we are the light. We're, we're reflecting his light. He's the sun, we're the moon. The moon doesn't give its own light. The moon reflects the sun's light. And so Jesus said in, in, in John, um, several places actually, he says, I am the light of the world. Um, I, think, I think maybe the, the, the first one is, is it chapter 8, that I'm the light of the world. And then, uh, so, but he's saying, you're the light of the world. You will reflect my, my light. So it tells us again, just as being the salt of the earth showed us that the earth is rotting and in decay and needs preservation, the earth being people, that, that just as it was in, is in that condition, an, another way of looking at it is that the world is in darkness. How many things have, ha, has our, our, our world, our society looked at to, uh, in sort of the sense of, well, look how advanced we are. You know, the, the age of enlightenment, the age of modern technology, we have moved so far ahead. Uh, but when you look around at the, at the immorality and, and, and the way wars, a new war is beginning, has begun now. You know, we're, we're not moving toward this utopia. The world is still in darkness. And, and Jesus tells the disciples, you are the light to the world. The gospel is the only light to the world. And then he, he, he gives these comparisons, these uh, 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 analysis of though that, that metaphor as well. He says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Can it? I mean, you think of a, this, 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 this city that's sitting up on this hill, and it's like, well, okay, maybe nobody will notice us. We're up here, you know? And, and he's saying, that's how you're to be the light. You're to be noticed. You're to be as, as obvious as a city on the hill. Your life is to demonstrate the true light of the world. Just like a city on a hill can't be hidden, your light cannot be hidden. He, he's, he's telling us characteristics, the do attitudes, the things that a disciple does. You're a light on a hill. Then he, then he goes on, and it's, um, it, it's sort of a, one, one writer wrote, it's, it's a contradiction to the, to, to, to the, to the sense of, of ridiculousness. Not that, he's, not that Jesus is contradicting himself. He's saying this behavior is a contradiction to the point of ridiculousness. You do not light a lamp and put it under a basket. It's like, that's stupid. Why would you light a lamp and then put something over it? You don't. But if the light has been lit in your life because you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus came and, and, and died for our sins, then that light is going to shine forth to illuminate the darkness of the world, to illuminate those who, who the people living in darkness, they've seen a great light. Jesus says, I am the light of the world, the true light, but now you are my lights. 
you are reflecting, you are reflecting my light. But he says that they put it on a stand. You don't just light this light and keep it over in the corner or, or behind a stove or something. You put it on a stand so that it can shine to and, and illuminate the whole world, the whole house. And so he, then, he, then he gives us the why. You know, he, he said, you're the salt of the earth. You're, you're the light of the world. Okay, why? If you ever ask why, you know, little kids are like, why? Why, 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 why this? Why that? A, a couple of weeks ago, Sydney, we had gotten Grant a few years back a drone to, you know, and, and so they were at our house and they hadn't brought it down. They had taken it to the park in McKinney. And so Sydney has it and she's flying it. Well, you can fly that drone far enough that it loses the signal and, and then it, it just crashes. So that's what happened. Sydney finally got it going. It, it's like 100 feet high. It's, 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 it's just soaring up there. And all of a sudden it gets out of range of this little controller and it just comes crashing down. It's stuck in a tree in, in, on George Ann's front fence row. Um, and so Locke's like, asks her, why'd you do that? Why? Why? So, so you know, it, little kids, how they ask why? Do, do we, we still ask why a lot of times. So why are we to be salt and light? Don't read ahead. Well, I already read it out loud earlier. Why are we be, to be salt and light? To glorify God. What is, he says in the same way, this is verse 16, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works so that you'll be praised. No, that they will give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So if I am being salt, this preservative, this, if I'm telling people of the gospel and how it can add flavor to their life, be, give them a fullness of light. If, I'm, if, I'm, if, if my life is demonstrating the, the, the light of Christ, then others will see it and they will give glory to God who, who is in heaven. Not to glorify ourselves or to give, to give ourselves some, some, some great credit, but, but that they might glorify that they might glorify God. The Beatitudes are, are what a Christian does, the, the things that, uh, you know, that, that he, he, he's poor in spirit. He realizes his sinfulness and need, need for, for God. He mourns for sins. But, but now the do attitudes tell us how he lives. He, he lives as Christians. We live as salt and, and as light. Then John chapter 3, if I said, okay, we're going we're gonna to read John chapter 3. Like, okay, we've got to read verse 316, right? But, but keep reading past, um, past the 16th verse when we, where, where we see John 316, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he, is, he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. And this, and this is the judgment. The light came into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. 
For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. He says, you know, he, he comes as the light and we're to, dim, we're to be a reflector of that light when we, when we believe in, in, in Christ and, and give him our, 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 our lives. We're, we're like a city on the hill. You cannot help but see that city on the hill. We're, we're, we're a light that has been lit and you don't put a bushel. You don't put a cover over that light, over, over your life. That, that's, this is what we're meant to be. By definition, salt is salty. And by definition, light is light. And is, is our position as, as, as believers and, and, and followers of Christ that, that we are that preservative. We are that salt and, and that light. Not for our glory, but he, he finishes it so that they, others may see our actions and glorify God. We'll start in verse 17 next week. What Any, any observations or, or comments? What do you see uh, you know, when, when you hear this that you are? We can't, if we're salt, we can't help but be salt. We're light. We can't help but be light. It's just the nature of those two, you know, elements that we reflect the light of, of Christ to the world. Well, let's pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Maybe we should just do three verses every week. I know that's what you're thinking. I know that is exactly what you're thinking, but... Father, we thank you that you sent the, the true light, Jesus Christ, into the world that, that the world living in darkness might see the light, may know your love, and may know the salvation that only Jesus brings, and that now you have left us to be the, the, the salt, the preservative to, to, to share with others the gospel and the light, to show them the, the true light. God, may we be true to this task, this duty, this responsibility that you've left uh, to your church and to us as individual Christians, that we would be salt and light, that we'd be faithful to the calling that you've put in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.